Welcome to King Size Insights, hosted by Matt Robinson. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to a very, very special edition of King Size. This is our first uh, edition of King Size Insights, uh, where we meet and have a conversation, an in-depth conversation with an incredible author. And who better to kick things off? We have with us today for our first ever author interview, Violet Castra, who of course is the author of Queen of the Cicadas and many, many other wonderful uh, works of art. It's a real joy to have you here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you to everyone who's tuning in, um, readers, new readers, supporters, uh, you know, of, of my work, whore fans. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. Amazing. So listen, there's probably a lot of people watching who are really familiar and huge fans of, of you and your writing. Um, but for those that might not be aware of you, can you tell us about yourself? Who is Violet Castro? Um, well, uh, so I'm a Mexican-American woman from South Texas originally. And I've lived in the UK for 14 years now, 14 and a half years. And um, I'm pretty settled. Um, I typically write horror, erotic horror, and um, science fiction, speculative fiction, the dark stuff. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, I write the dark stuff, um, sometimes sexy, a lot of mix of both. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I am also a big advocate um, when it comes to diversity and including marginalized voices, uh, just because, you know, I figure, well, I feel that, you know, the more we know about each other, um, the more we can expand our consciousness and kind of be unified. And I mm -hmm. think horror and, well, writing in general, <clears throat> books bring people together. They really can. They have that kind of power um, where you can, you know, sit with someone and, and did you read that? Yeah. And it could, yeah. you never know what it could spark. And also what the book itself sparks within you. Like, well, I didn't know that about that culture. And wow, I've never heard of that mythical creature before. But that's what's magical, I think, about books and, mm -hmm. and storytelling in general. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's a brilliant nutshell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, storytelling, as you said, absolutely, it's a way that connects us as, as as humans and as individuals, and allows us to to learn so much more about each other and and, and things that we might not be aware of. Have you always been uh, into storytelling? Um, and 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 when did you realize that you had? a story and a voice that you wanted to be heard? Well, I, I've, my mom sent me a bag full of stories that I wrote starting when I was like six. I've always loved scary stories. I've always heard scary stories, urban legends. Um, and when you're a child, you just kind of do whatever without any inhibition. You don't really care. You don't stop to think, oh, um, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Yeah. Um, you just write your stories, you draw your pictures, and you're like, look at this, it's amazing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, everybody's like, yes, it yeah. is. But you're a kid. <laughs> um, obviously, that changes. So yeah, as I grew up, it was, it was just kind of like, my love for horror never waned. However, it grew. But it was just not something I, I really saw for myself or I pursued until um, my late 30s. And I really felt... Yeah. Um, a longing in my heart and my soul. I was, there was something, a big void in mm -hmm. my life. And I was really in a, in a dark place. And I just, I just started writing and I haven't stopped. It's wow. just has taken on this trajectory where it was like, I need something. And yeah. I did it. I just yeah. put my mind to it. I felt it and I did it. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of had that. But again, like as you grow up, mm you just kind of your confidence goes down in many ways. Um, yeah. And you're told how you should live, what you should do, what mm. you should study. And mm. um, 
it was nice to rediscover this part of myself because it's brought me so much personal happiness and success. So, yeah. And, and I guess to, you know, to be in a dark place and, and to have that, you know, that, that anxiety is that lack of confidence that we have as we get older, it must've been such a big leap of, of, of faith um, to, to be able to put pen to paper and, and start that creative process. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I, again, you know, I, I really felt like I needed something in my life mm. and, um, you know, was really focusing on it. And I had this really crazy, vivid dream. Yes. And I was like, wow, that should be a story. And, and I've have lots of crazy, vivid dreams. Not all of them <laughs> should be stories, but this one had a definite a tale there was there were mm-hmm. characters there was it was it was something I knew I had to pursue so yeah. as soon as I woke up I went and I opened my computer and I just didn't know what where it was going to go what it could be nothing I just leap of faith as you said yeah. and um and I just let it evolve and it just snowballed it, it just went and went and that became um Maria the Wanted but then I started writing short stories Mm -hmm. and then I started writing novellas and then Mm -hmm. I started submitting and then it just kind of, it just happened Mm -hmm. the way it was probably supposed to happen. Yeah. And um, yeah. That's amazing. So you've got this, these stories that are now you've made that commitment and they're starting to flood out and the short stories and, and and you're starting to really, you know, get that, your voice down or, you know, kind of the stories to be told, but then there's quite a gap, isn't there, uh, to be able to get the stories heard and get them out there and out there in the world. What was that like? How did you approach getting these stories, these dreams that you'd captured uh, into story form? How did you get them out there into the world? Well, first you've got to write them and then you have to edit them. (laughs) And then you have to have the ability to take a lot of rejection, a lot of rejection um, and not take it personally, but to take it on the, on the chin, Mm -hmm. revisit whatever you, you wrote and was rejected. Um, Goddess of Filth, which is a novella, Mm -hmm. was a rejected short story. And I was gutted. I really, really wanted this story in this anthology. But something, it was meant for something better and bigger. Mm -hmm. And it's become, you know, a starred reviewed novella. It's become, it was in a Nightworms package. So you really don't know what can happen if you persist. If you not only persist, but also have enough inside to say, I'm going to read this short story and, and, and see what I can do with it. Maybe it isn't all that. Maybe there are other things I can do with it. And I did, I, I, Mm. I was really upset and I said, all right, well, let me work with this. And it became a novella and you know, it is what it is now, which I'm so grateful that I persisted. But again, you know, getting it out there, it's persistence, it's dedication, and it's yeah. being able to take rejection. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's uh, that rejection it, it is such a moment where it either, you know, can, I guess, can bury you, stop so much growth happening, or as yeah. you said, you you were upset, but you realised there was something there and you then created something with it. But, you know, I know Stephen King talks about he had a nail, that he had, mm-hmm, uh, you know, in in where he was staying, um, and he would put all the rejection slips that he got there, and it got to the point that that nail was full, filled with rejection slips, and he said, "So what are you going to do at that point?" And he went out and he got a bigger nail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, pretty much. You know, but it's 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 a real testament isn't it to resilience and your character that you're able to overcome that rejection that for so many people at that that first step stops them moving forward with their voices um you know I mean that must have been a real turning point for you yeah you just get you just get used to it and it's really hard living in the UK because I would wake up to rejections like that is my coffee <laughs> yeah. reading good, that's what i read morning. with my coffee good morning <laughs> yes 
Your story was not good enough. Enjoy yeah. your coffee. Yeah. Like you have a great you know. day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah and then my kids screaming in the back to do the school run. And I'm like, yeah. oh, can I get a little butter with that rejection? <laughs> Literally, like, let me just spread some jam as much as possible. Yeah, just um, lay it on. Come on, what else? What else have you got? It's it's not even 7.30 and I've already mm-hmm. dealt with this, right? I guess the yeah, only way exactly. for the day is up, right? <laughs> exactly. I would wake up to those rejections because of the time difference. Yes. Um, but yeah, you just, you just, again, you you just go with it yeah and I and I couldn't stop if I wanted to yeah yeah it's it's your I enjoy it too much not the rejection (laughs) the writing (laughs) the writing yeah it's 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 your calling I mean storytelling yeah you you mentioned obviously that you get your rejection letter first thing in the morning or as that used to happen and and then you got the kids as well because you know you've you've got kids and you are juggling being a a mum and having a forging a writing career and I've Mm -hmm. I've got you know um kids myself and I know how tricky it is I mean first of all what an amazing achievement that you've managed to forge so much whilst you know spinning so many plates um did you have to comp were there areas in your life that you had to compromise or maybe sacrifice in order to be able to forge this road ahead with everything you were dealing with um I think I sacrificed the parts of myself that needed to go the parts that couldn't say no the parts that were afraid the parts that um just wanted to sit back and be comfortable so what I sacrificed is nothing compared to what I've gained not that it's not nothing but what I have gained outweighs the sacrifice yeah, because a lot of times I, you know, I'd work during the day when the kids are at school or I work in the evenings. Um, and again, you know, I'm in a very, very privileged position where I do not have a full time job. Mm-hmm. So I can dedicate myself to this where there's a lot of writers that do work full time and yeah. they're trying to. So I have been extremely privileged mm-hmm. to be able to really push through with this so when they are in school I can work as if I'm doing a full day of work work yeah right okay and and I've heard you say that you you know you write fast you write quickly yeah um and I uh I I I, I I've never uh written a book or attempted to write a book I'm I'm just in absolute admiration of you and, and those that can <laughs> but I, I I write songs and I'm a songwriter and I find that the songs and lyrics I've written <clears throat> since having the kids I write really fast, partly out of necessity, mm-hmm. because you. I know I've got a short window to do that before I need to do a bath time or a bedtime or a school yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that naturally writing, writing fast and writing in that white heat, is that something that is, you know, you kind of, I guess, in your nature or has it been through necessity? I think it's more in my nature yeah. because yeah. once I get an idea, I just, yeah, go yeah. go 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 or if I think of something or I say something like my the notes on my phone are full like so much <laughs> there's so much there yeah. and um I just you know even if I don't have this like huge idea whatever I have on my on my uh computer that needs to be you know chipped away at I'll I'll still kind of go and dedicate myself because yeah. I know it needs to be done and sometimes even if I don't feel like writing I'll sit down and it'll just be like, boom, it'll come out. So, so I try to just do when I can, if I, if I have a free moment, even if I'm not particularly in the mood or particularly inspired, sometimes Mm -hmm. just rereading something will ping something and I'll get to do it. So you don't, you don't have a set say today, I'm going to write, um, you know, 500 words, thousand words, a couple of uh, A4 sheets. It's a more, uh, I I guess, flexible in the moment approach. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Because also there's also so much pressure already on writing. Don't pressure yourself unless you have an absolute deadline. 
yeah. like, oh, I need this in by blah, blah, blah. Don't pressure yourself because then you're, you're going to, you know, it, yeah. I think being flexible in that way really yeah. helps the creativity unless you have a deadline you have to meet. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes yeah. you do and you're like, okay, I've got okay. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to get this off at this time and meet this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I guess, you know, Stephen King writes about quite a f- few of those moments where his characters look at the page and they talk about falling through the page. The white spaces become bigger and bigger. You know, uh, Paul Sheldon in Misery, the writer. So many of Stephen King's characters are writers. And he talks about, you know, the writer's blocks or those days when the words aren't coming. And, and you've alluded that there are sometimes naturally those days where maybe it's harder to write. Yeah. How, what, what is it that gets you out of that little momentary slump or slump that you might be in? Um, sometimes starting a new project. Yeah. So if I feel like I've stumped on one short story or a novel or novella, I'll, I'll, I'll let it just like sit or I go to the gym. I exercise really yeah. gets me going. Um, and also like being in nature. So I love okay. the ocean. I love yeah. mountains. I love forest greenery that always just revives me and mm-hmm. rejuvenates me so there are a few things but sometimes you just need a break yeah yeah sometimes you just need a mental break yeah yeah and you go and get that kind of recharging from around you or from that yeah, physical music. exercise I music. To music yeah well I know that um I, I think we share probably quite a few uh similar music tastes mm-hmm. uh from from seeing uh, some of your 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 t-shirts and, and the posts on Instagram yeah. what what music is it for you that you love and that really gets you gets you going oh gosh well I I love like rock and metal yeah. and um so a lot of there's a I have quite a few books that have like soundtracks and have mm-hmm. music so Maria the Wanted has a huge soundtrack and like lots of music um it just depends on my mood really so I can go from listening to you know uh <laughs> um Iron Maiden to yeah, listening nice. uh, to to listening to Simply Red <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or to classical you know if I'm just like writing something so I just yeah um, sold to Del Rey um uh, the generational curse of La Llorona. Yes, and for that, congratulations! I, thank on you, that. thank really you. Really exciting, really exciting. Thank you. So for that, I listened to a lot of classical and a mm. lot of Beethoven because it was very mm. heavy and emotional, and just I wanted that feeling of drowning. Wow. And I think Beethoven's music, a lot of it, gives you those over that you have just overwhelming emotions I I, yes. I I love Beethoven but um yeah I mean there's just so much that I listen to I have a very very taste <laughs> Re- yeah really really eclectic. I love I just love music in general yeah yeah Spanish uh, guitar I mean all of it yeah. I listen to a lot of Latin dance music just because it's fun. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a rhythm to, you know, how you write, you know, kind of just, you know, what, what I noticed in, in Queen is that there's just, there's a rhythmic feel to it. There's a pulse, a rhythm. There's a, there's a musicality to, to your prose that I think, uh, you know, it, it really shines through. Oh, thank you. you know, which is uh, which is just a joy to read. So tell <laughs> us about you. um, you know, the next project. Um, uh, let's look ahead for a moment, and then we'll just take it back. Uh, okay. So the generational curse. Uh, yes. Tell us of, about that. Uh, of yeah, of la. Ooh. How am I pronouncing? La Llorona. La Llorona. Yes. La, the generational la, curse of la. Uh, Llorona. Llorona. <laughs> okay how did, right. I, how did I do it needs Perfect. a bit of work it needs a bit of work right? <laughs> you got the R's that's all right that's it La Llorona La Llorona so tell there us about La Llorona um well basically she's the woman who um drowned her children and killed herself <laughs> wow so in, not in folklore that, so no no Mick maybe she was listening to Mick Hucknall that was <laughs> it because <laughs> that that could push her over the edge so <laughs> uh, so she she uh, she um so she uh, that's the folklore that's the folk yeah. tale right yeah 
But I'm always like, well, you know, this, these stories about women, there's so many stories that are told about women. Look at the stories told about Mary Magdalene. Yeah. You know, she was a whore. Was she? Was she? Was she? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, there's so many, and I, and I, this is a story you're told as a kid. If you don't behave, if you don't go to bed, you're good. La Llorona is coming to get you. She right. hears babies crying, children crying because she killed her children and she's going to take you to a place. Right. <laughs> you're wow. told this. You're told, yes. Parenting, parenting <laughs> back in the day. Great. You know what? I'm, t- I'm tempted, as you said, to use that on my youngest where he will not go to bed. So then... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, it's traumatizing. You don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> they might be a writer. <laughs> they might be, grow up to be a writer. No. So that's the story you're told as a kid yeah but I'm like well what is the real story what is the backstory how did this come to be but I also wanted to couple this with um, postnatal depression because we don't always talk about um, how difficult marriage pregnancy and having children is we don't talk about the strain those things put on someone who's already struggling emotionally mentally yeah so you have uh, alejandra who is um really struggling in her marriage and with her being a mother of of three children her and she just cannot cope and uh what she doesn't know is that what's happening to her isn't just internal there is a generational curse that La Llorona is more than just an apparition. And um, and so she has to come to terms with what's happening with inside of her, but also her family history going all the way back to um, uh, the conquest when this curse first started. So you find out the truth of La Llorona. It's more than a ghost. It's even worse. So, um, you know, she needs to figure this out uh, before it claims her and her children because it's an all-consuming evil entity. And did you know that, you know, this was a, <clears throat> a, a folk tale that, that you wanted to be able to bring to life and also bring those themes that sometimes are taboo and, as you said, are, are not talked about? Did you... Did you know that this would make a really good coupling to be able to to tell these stories? Uh, Absolutely. Because for me, what, you know, that breaking point, what is the breaking point for someone to take their life and take their children's life? Yeah. And and what is the real story behind that? Mm. You know, I think there's a lot of things, you know, in life we we. We tend to create monsters and villains, but they're often monsters and villains behind the monster and villain. Things that are more insidious. Things are more insidious. And we don't like to talk about mental health. We'd rather just, um, you know, stigmatize people with, you know, um, that struggle with their mental health. Stigmatize uh, women who refuse to um, toe the line mm. or to say no mm. or to want more from themselves or break from mm. generational curses themselves. So that, that, that darkness that, that you're addressing there, obviously with that theme, how does that, you know, uh, uh, going really deep with that, telling this story, writing this important story, how how easy is it for you to just be able to say switch that off at the end of the day you know from a i know for for me from an acting point of view in my past if i played roles that were very very dark you know that you have to switch it off because you can't take it with you but there's almost like um an echo or a remnant sometimes that uh, carries with you through immersing yourself in that darkness how do you how do you balance that light and shade I actually, this sounds really, I actually feel lighter and better after I've written it. Get it. I get it. Totally. Yeah. Because it pulls so much out of me and pulls so much from me. It almost, 
helps me understand more about myself. And it just feels like a deep breath or a deep breath and just exhaling it all mm. onto the page. Wow. So there's a, almost a, a catharsis that happens with it. Absolutely. Amazing that I am. I can very much imagine then and that that catharsis that you feel would then absolutely be transposed to a catharsis that someone would read who's gone through that, that those experiences, uh, 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 those traumas uh, and those darknesses themselves to have that represented that it, that must feel incredibly healing for somebody to read that as well. Uh, well, and, yeah, I mean, I tried um, to do that with, with cicadas because in the Queen of Cicadas, I mean, it, it covers some heavy material. Yeah. It covers some heavy history, but it's the kind of history that has to be, um, I think, talked about, really yeah. discussed yeah. and, um, you know, racism isn't going anywhere racism mm. is alive and well as much as we want to say it's not yeah and um and also uh violence against women yeah yeah which which also needs to be addressed so mm. even though they're heavy themes there are themes that do need mm. to be explored yeah and explored by the people who've experienced that for you your your writing and your shedding light on areas that some people might find it more comfortable to shy away from or hide away from. I'm just so curious for you. Is that a, is that a, a real calling and does it ever feel like it's a, I guess a, a, a burden or is it a blessing to be able to shine that light on these areas that need exposure? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so grateful I get to do what I do. I'm yeah. so grateful that I can filter these things and put them on the page and put them in a story. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a privilege. Again, like I said before, it is a real mm -hmm. privilege. And I'm really grateful that I can do it because, again, if we don't talk about these things, they're just going to continue. Yeah. It'll be a cycle. Yeah. It'll just be kind of like... a yeah a curse that just doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, and we need to get off some of these hamster wheels. And the only way to do it is to say stop yeah. and to shed light and to say, this is not okay. Or um, for, I think, especially people to not feel they are alone, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, for people to feel that, that it's okay to talk about what, whatever's happening with them. And what you know, the fact that it's still so prevalent that 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 racism, though there's attitudes that exist, um, we see you know as a result of you know the the Black Lives Matter movement, this this anger and vitriol by certain groups, and then having well, White Lives Matter, which kind of missing the whole point of what this movement was about yeah and a, a movement and a push for equality regardless of the color of your skin for some people is it it, it, it antagonizes them and how do you how do we deal with that how do you deal with that as as often you know as being a voice for those that are voiceless when you're often putting your voice out in a world that is filled with a lot of people that have a lot of hatred and a lot of racism and a lot of bigotry and a lot of sexism in their hearts. What's that like for you? Um, yeah, so like in Queen of the Cicadas, uh, in one of the chapters, um, I take the voice of the Aztec Queen of the Dead. Yeah. And in the story, in the myth, she doesn't have any skin. She's a flayed woman. And I give her the voice and she says, you know, um, I am not burdened by skin. And for me, storytelling books, um, including uh, writers from all different walks of life and groups, um, it's, it, is, it, it gives us the opportunity to peel back our skin, to peel back all of the layers, peel back our gender, um, peel back all the masks we wear so that we are just left with what is inside, what's beneath. Wow 
our bloody beating heart. And we all have bloody beating hearts. That is what gives us life at the core because we all live the same. We die the same. Our hearts beat the same. At the core, we are the same. We are all driven by the same life force, our hearts. I've honestly, I've rarely heard it articulated in such a clear and such a... Oh, thank you. Such a beautifully emotional way. Before we dive into the themes a little bit more, just can you give us um, an overview of of what this incredible uh, story addresses? Just give, Um, give us a sense. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, there is a farmhouse in Texas, and it uh, is now in modern times a converted B&B. There is a wedding, and Belinda, um, the main character, is going to a wedding, and um, she, when she was a kid, she heard uh, this urban legend about uh, La Reina de las Chicharas, the queen of the cicadas. And she was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah. it turns out she's at the place where this urban legend all started. And the urban le- legend started with um, uh, Milagros is a farm worker who was at the farm um, and she was brutally murdered and it was just ignored by the town. And then she's become this urban legend. Like if you call her, she'll come and get you. Yeah. Typical urban legend, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you just wanted to be like, okay, yeah, I see where this is going. But what you don't know is that Belinda, Milagros, and the Aztec Queen of the Dead, all of their fates are intertwined um, to create this almost new beginning for all of them. The the Milagros character so so beautifully beautifully written and there, there were some moments that i that i wrote down because there's so many of the references there to the injustice and inequalities and the racism that, that, that pepper the book so you talk about the degree on white paper versus the notions yeah. of brown skin we were too young for the burden of our skin to take root yet and as you said, those references to, to that burden of the skin and then that peeling back that then frees that weight, that burden. Um, I thought it was such a uh, tactile, powerful way to describe that, 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 that inequality, that, that racism. Um, how was it as, you know, a, a voice for so many um female latinx writers that have maybe not been given um that opportunity that that moment that 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 platform how how easy or difficult was that how was it to write those passages about milagros especially you know it just flowed it just flowed you know sometimes you just those kind of, the, it just flowed. It just was like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It just, fe- I just felt it. I just yeah. felt it. <clears throat> um, actually, it was originally going to be a novella and it was across yeah. the board rejected. Idiots. And then, <laughs> and then I, uh, <laughs> and then I um, made it into a novel so I could try to get an agent and I still yeah. couldn't get an agent. I, it just wasn't, nobody would bite either publishers agents nobody and then finally yeah. uh, flame tree picked it up yeah and um i was just like oh my god cuz i was feeling like just really bad about I, it I, really I, bad i was I like bet. it almost it was just it 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 hurt it hurt a lot yeah. yeah um but then it got picked up and it's you know received four four starred reviews and it's you know, people are really liking it. So I'm like, wow, this is, yeah. I'm so grateful that it's come out. And um, yeah, well, yeah. We, so I think we're so grateful that you wrote it. I mean, oh, thank you. You know, to see those so many pictures of it in, in the bookstores, you know, globally. To I see, am just like, ah. I mean, right. How, you know, how does that, Oh, that must feel good, right? That feels amazing. <laughs> but I need to go see if it's in Waterstones. I don't right. know if it's here. I'm okay. like, 
I need to go to a Waterstones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to, yeah, when I head to my local Waterstones, I'm going to have a look. And if look. it's not, I'm going to say, right, listen, you need to, <laughs> this needs to be stopped, okay? Because it's amazing. You see so many people, so many of our amazing community of uh, book lovers and uh, horror lovers and, you know, on Instagram, so many of them. Yeah. You, you, uh, Cicadas has just connected so deeply. I am with just them. like, and on Twitter, I'm so grateful. Like, so yeah. I'm only on um, Instagram and Twitter. I'm not yeah. on any other socials. And I honestly, I have to say, I am so grateful for everybody who shares it because that always makes such a difference you know um also like uh leave reviews guys uh rating even if it's like a two-word review or even if it's like an emoji thumbs up (laughs) just uh, just go on amazon goodreads and just be like yeah it's right (laughs) just any little thing yeah Um, get involved yeah good job (laughs) so please guys reviews really matter even if it's like a sentence Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or even a rating, just yeah. anything small. <laughs> Absolutely. And how would um, you know, if someone was new to to, to to you and listening tonight and was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. How would someone find you on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah, I have the same handle for both. Um at V Latina London, all one word. <laughs> v Latina London. And it's the same for Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, just you can go on there and I take lots of photos yeah. of myself, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, of my books, of England, <laughs> of England, of just all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I po- I repost as much as I can yeah. when people post my books. Yeah. Um, and so. as you can imagine, it's, it's you know, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, it's such a <clears throat> vibrant and really active uh, account, of course, because, you you know, it seems like, especially for you during this lockdown period, you know, you have just your creativity and your output. I mean, wow, must have, it just seems like it's just pouring out of you. Um, yeah, I, I, I wrote a lot in lockdown. Um, yeah. In last year alone, I had eight short stories published in various anthologies. Um, this year, I've had to really cut back and, 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 and say no to a lot of projects because I've just had to focus on the big stuff. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, you know, I have two more novels. Hopefully, Maria the Wanted, I'm trying to get that reissued. Great. And then also have a science fiction novel undocumented that's looking for a home so fingers crossed yeah um well I want to find because you know I I know that you've written children's books you know because obviously you're a mum horror books because you're a horror fan uh you know sci-fi coming up erotic horror for you how easy do you find it to write across those different genres very easy I just it just again comes out. It comes out. Yeah. It just when I feel it, I think it. I I just do it, and yeah. I don't think. I try not to hesitate or think twice. If I do something, it doesn't work. Then it doesn't work. But I feel like if you don't give yourself that chance, yeah. you'll never know. And that's yeah, that's worse than not trying at all. So have you you've not yet come up with it to any resistance of people going? But hang on, you no. But you're 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 an erotic horror writer, or you're a horror writer this is what we want from you. This is the lane we want you to stay in. And if you were to come up against that, what, how would you deal with that? Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) I'll write what I want, how I want, when I want, like who's, who makes up these rules, who and why, who and why by saying, stay in your lane, only write this, only write that only serves to make yourself small or someone who wants you to be small. Okay. Yes, it is a business. And yes, you have to think about that. And yes, there's all these da 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 da, but I don't care. I just don't. If I want to write something, I want to write it. If I feel it, I'm feeling it. Um, And again, you know, I'll cross that, the publishing bridge when I get there. Um, But for me, yeah, I like to write what I, what I want to write. So good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> absolutely, that's so that's so refreshing and so cool to hear, uh, and so important because again, it means for us we're going to get so many different you know uh, styles of writing and stories yeah, from you. you. Um, but just for a moment, just digging back into cicadas, um, you know, there's 
a, a real sense of rage there. I've, I've spoke about that word as a, as a reader, kind of what Milagros was went through. Um, yeah, I just felt the, the anger, the injustice. Um, and you write this beautiful sentence about the rage was so great, it felt like it possessed the power to swallow the sun. That's just fucking brilliant. Right? <laughs> okay, for a start. Because I'm sure it, it just, it encapsulates what it feels like. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'm a privileged white middle-class man, but I know what anger feels like and what rage feels like. And, yeah. and it, it just, it was a different context, but I read when I'm reading your story, I just, you were able to capture emotions and then give it that vivid sense of what that might look and feel like. So much so when you read something, you go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's <laughs> that's quite quite something, Violet. That really oh, is. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. Your words are just humbling. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, it's it's it was a real joy. And and another one I wrote down because it was just so beautiful. You, talk, you spoke about the quiet woman with a great rage on the verge of breaking loose to be something else. Is there any of you or people you've known, women you've known from maybe marginalized backgrounds that are encapsulated in that sentence? Me (laughs) and a lot of the women that, you know, my mom, my mom went to law school in her forties and she was a domestic worker. She used to clean houses and take me to clean houses. And now she's an attorney and she's a judge. Wow. So, you know, she was homeless at one point when she was pregnant with me. There's a lot of like uh, Latina writers out there that same thing, you know, they've really overcome a lot. Um, And and so, yeah, there's like this like breaking through. There's this transformation. And a lot of my stories are Mm. about that transformation, about being something and becoming something else. So like in Goddess of Filth, my novella. Mm. Um, you know, it's about possession, but it's a possession, not like you imagine, like, you know, we always think of possession of the uh, young girl in a white dirty nightgown tied to a bed, (laughs) screaming, a lot of those horror films on Amazon, Netflix, it's the same thing. Like, is there a store where they all get these raggedy ass (laughs) nightgowns (laughs) with the priest standing, the priest is the good guy, but I'm in Goddess of Filth, what if the priest isn't the good guy? Right, great. What if he's hiding something incredibly demonic and what if the thing possessing the girl is really her savior yeah oh beautiful twist uh so and and again like in cicadas it's um another uh aztec goddess i I utilize a real one she's a sin eater so she inspires it. This one's a lot saucier. Yeah, yeah. Well, just that scene, that, that leads beautifully to, because, you know, I, I found, you know, reading Cicadas, I mean, there's some real heat. You know, it's incredibly erotic um, and really, really sexual and mm-hmm. just cut steams off the page. Mm-hmm. So much bad eroticism out there. For you, did it make you just go, hang on, there is a gap here, there is a, that, 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 you know, that I could do really well and, and that needs addressing and that readers want to have? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like um, if on Amazon, I have a small little three short story collection called Sed de Sangre. Okay. Um, it's 99 cents, three short yeah. stories. You can read it in half an hour. Great. And it is graphic <laughs> horror. Yeah. <laughs> the last story, Snake Hips, is incredibly graphic. Yeah. And it's everyone's favorite. And so I started <laughs> writing. I'm only like 25,000 words in, but I started writing. Um, oh, and The Kukui of Cancun, mm-hmm. which is another short story of mine that a lot of people like. So I started writing a novel, mm-hmm. or maybe it'll be a novella, I don't know yet, yeah. um, based on people's favorite characters in my short stories. Mm-hmm. But said the Wait. sangre. Three short stories, very hot. And I wrote it. It's only three and small because I wanted to kind of test the waters. Yeah. 
I wanted to kind of like give people a taste and a lot of people love it. Um, And then uh, in Maria the Wanted, there's a lot of heat and Goddess of Filth, a lot of heat. (laughs) Everything, (laughs) I've got sexuality because it's such a normal thing. Like, why would you? And as a woman, I feel there's, you know, so many um, stories told, again, going Mm -hmm. back to, um, you know, reclaiming yourself. There's a lot of stories told about our bodies, about how our bodies respond, about our sexuality, Mm. about um, violence against us. Um, And for me, I just was like, you know what, let's let, let me tell you how it is yeah right yeah yeah yeah. let me just kind of and maybe it's not like that for all women but for me and I enjoy writing about it so I just wanted to kind of yeah just again I write what I want to write and how I want to write it so I I did that um and I always incorporate it because again it's something that is very normal but yeah if you guys want just like Get said the sangre. <laughs> yeah, right. I know what. I, so I know what I'm reading next. Straight up. <laughs> uh, That's my yeah. Billy Summers, the new Stephen King. I'm afraid that that can wait for a little moment. Okay. <laughs> well, said the sangre. You, literally, you can read in like half an hour. It's yeah. so short. It was yeah. just a teaser. We've spoken about the rage. I also got this sense of this. Um, absence or impotence of god you know uh there's a line about him what a useless deity he was if he stood idly by and uh, again i'm I'm just interested you know how much does faith or a a lack of faith you know inform your writing um yeah well i do i i consider myself a spiritual person and had a lot of spiritual moments especially during the pandemic Um, And I try to incorporate it in my everyday life. Um, You know, I have a tattoo here on my arm. I don't know if you can see. And it says, where's that thing? Oh, it says gratitude. So so that's part of it. You know, that is definitely um, part of my spirituality. Um, But I think like a lot of um, horrible things in history have happened because of so-called faith. You know, it's not really faith. And so, and also with my uh, ancestors' history, Mm. it was used as a way to oppress, oppress them. So, um, yeah, it's kind of teasing apart all of these different aspects of my identity and the identity of a lot of Mexican Americans, um, you know, and those that are, come from that history. Yeah. And, And also just you know, not even just Mexican-Americans, but people um, now, the mestizos, you know, that are a mix mm. of the indigenous and the Spanish and the Portuguese. And, mm. and you know, you go to the islands like Cuba and, and Dominican and Puerto Rico, and they're, we're, they're all a mix of a lot of different things because of, 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 of what happened so long ago. So and uh, and on the back of faith, <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know, or, that's the thing is there's such a difference between like religion and faith. It's like yeah. I, yeah, I I I don't have religion, <clears throat> you know. Uh, I don't have that construct because for me, it, I don't. It doesn't make any sense, and it's been used as too much as a weapon of oppression. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm spiritual and have faith because faith yeah. for me is a very very different thing. Very uh, different, and and so. Yeah. You know, in the book, it's kind of like having faith, same with goddess of filth. Yeah. Having faith in something bigger than yourself, but yeah, ultimately right. leads to finding yourself. Yeah. Beautiful. So that tattoo, Violet, you've got gratitude. I mean, yeah. at the moment, yeah, I really get this sense of, you know, just, you know, that it seems like it's your time, you know, <laughs> such an excitement around what's happening. You know, you're so prolific at the moment. There's a real yeah. I'm response. <laughs> yeah. It, that must feel like almost that, that ink is really, really deepening and darkening and really yeah. Yeah, at the moment. It's uh, absolutely, yeah. it was, um, I got it in May with, and I was with my sister in May after yeah. see, not seeing her for like two years. So wow. it felt amazing to get it with her next to me yeah. <laughs> as she looked at me horrified, like, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> so, yeah, th- there's a scene in Cicados where Hector is uh, is reading The Shining 
and uh, there's you know the the bathtub scenes and and what's there behind the curtain and mm-hmm. so what's your um what's your take on, on on Stephen King and has he if at all you know influenced uh, your work yeah I mean of course Stephen King I mean I grew up watching the films <laughs> yeah. um, I mean th- that was my first the films before the books obviously yeah. my mom's not gonna pass me like hey you want to want to read Cujo <laughs> 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 you know I didn't <laughs> I didn't read any King until I was much older yeah. um, but I saw the the films which I don't know are kind of worse in a way because it's so visual when I was way too young obviously there I'm I'm 79 so <laughs> you know I was watching all the horror film and I guess parenting back in the day it was kind yeah. of like you know the video stores you see the videos and you're like oh I gotta yeah. watch that yeah yeah late night cable um and so I watched all the films and I was a huge kink fan and uh I I still think you know I love those classics I mean Salem's Lot the I mean the series that film is just like it still scares the shit out of me come on Barlow and the kid holy shit you just cannot recreate that those that terror from the 70s I just think there but as much as I love him I also think there have just been okay we've 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 done enough remakes yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you can't yeah. can we just kind of get something fresh yeah. I love it and we've seen a lot we've seen so many remakes it's like okay yeah and I guess um that, yeah that must be incredibly frustrating uh, you know you know as a yeah you know, as a writer as an author you know with a story to tell voice to tell and like you say so much of what we see now is rehashes remakes sequels prequels just and it's like, you know, so where's the, you know, where's the space for those new voices? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if he's coming out with new stuff, great. Going yeah. to new different genres, great. Yeah. But we don't need to be dedicating to so much time and energy into something that's been done like 20 times, 10 yeah. times, three yeah, times. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, we get it. Like, like Pet yeah. Cemetery, we, we get, we know the story. Like yeah. you probably at this point don't even need to have seen it to know it yeah, yeah. same with the shining like you just yeah. um but um yeah I'll always be like always a, a fan and um mm-hmm. but again I think it is it's kind of like well let's let's get some new material out yeah and is there any you know is there any new material out at the moment of other writers that's particularly you know inspiring you or challenging you at the moment well I think uh you know uh I mean Stephen Graham Jones is mm-hmm. I, I he's just really storming I think it's yeah. great um God, there's so I hate these things. Know, it's like, you know what you're like, I've so, never yeah. read it. What's a horror yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, what, what's, horror, your, horror what's, your, what's your top what's your top three horror books? What are your top three? <laughs> it's like you suddenly uh, get <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like uh, that, the, the stand, brain just yeah. uh, it's a shiny. <laughs> uh, it I heard, did he write something called it or <laughs> <laughs> um no no no. So obviously, yeah. like Stephen Graham Jones, I think, has done amazing things. I there's um Haley Piper. Yeah. Um, an amazing uh, trans horror writer. Um, there are so many women. Sina Paleo, she's an amazing right. poet, yeah. doing great things. Gabino Iglesias. Uh, God, there's so many people. And like, so just... many people that I'm going to, on the back of this, check out. Oh, and, and... If you love slashers, Sergio Gomez has a really good one, yeah. Camp Slaughter. Um, I edited a short story collection called Latinx Screams, which are all... Mm. Uh, various uh, short stories by uh, Latinx writers. God, there's just so much. I, it's so hard. My brain is like the yeah. indie scene. I mean, horror is exploding. Yeah, really, it, there's some really good stuff. Yeah, it really but again, is. we we do have to thank Papa King. Like you know, yeah. he really was like, you know, made it really popular. You can't deny his yeah. uh, his influence or uh, his place. Yeah, but All interestingly, have their places. they do, and it's interesting how still so many people, you know, want to go. But he's just a horror writer, and we put him in this box, and you think, okay, no, he's so been so much more. Oh, yeah, ex- exactly. It's that thing, isn't it, of people but do a, like to 
box it up and put a little bow mm. on it and go, well, well, you're here. You sit there. You sit there. And it's like. Well, but I think that's the advantage that the younger generations like me have. And un- yeah. and that he, you know, I mean, obviously, he doesn't need to count his pennies or do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I, he, I he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. He's doing all right. He can write whatever <laughs> yeah. he wants. Right. But <laughs> yeah. we aren't pinned in the same boxes as he yeah. is because. Yeah. You know, we have that opportunity to to expand and to say no and and yeah. recreate what it means to be a writer, a horror writer or a writer yeah. of dark fiction, Which because is, that's why I say dark fiction, because I want to write it all. And I like I to write that. it all. I love that. And, and that that darkness. I mean, again, you know, we're you know, we're, we're diamonds, aren't we? we? You know, we show different sides at different times. But, you know, mm-hmm. I. There's that light and that shade within us, within all of us. Uh, and I've heard you talk before of that, you know, that that darkness. I guess sometimes, you know, the devil has the best tunes, right? To be able to explore that dark fiction is such a rich, fertile area to to be able to to plough, I guess. No, absolutely, because we all it's there for all of us, you yeah. know, and it's it's the kind of things that we should explore and we must explore um, to get to know ourselves better and to understand other yeah. people. Violet, can I ask, I mean, you you gave some great insight into, you know, your creative process and your resilience as well and, and lots of encouragement to all our budding uh, writers and authors mm-hmm. out there to, 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 to keep that resilience, keep going. I just wonder if there's any particular advice that you would give to, you know, those who feel they might have a book within them but are maybe fearful. I would just say if it is a fire in your soul, in your belly, you owe it to yourself you owe it to most, you owe it to yourself to pursue it because, you know, you don't want to be thinking what if, you know, um, even if you just chip at it a little bit at a time when you can, um, you owe it to yourself to pursue those things that are, that are dear to your heart and to give you that, give you nourishment and fulfillment. Um, Because fear of what has not even occurred fear of rejection before you're even rejected is an illusion. It doesn't exist. So just go for it. Just do what you can do. Work at it a little bit at a time, follow it and see what happens. You might surprise yourself. And that's, you know, a scary part of life, but it's also a beautiful part of life and something I'm trying to embrace more of. Um, it's not always easy, but it's it's taken me some really cool places. Beautiful. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool to hear. It seems to me that you are really in the most powerful, empowering way, you know, sticking two fingers to <laughs> t- to Tanya in 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 cicadas mm-hmm. who who has that line about when she's talking about Milagros and we tell their stories for them. It's the mm-hmm. way it has to be. Now, I, I that line seared itself on the page for me. We tell the stories for them. It's the way it has to be. And I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking, thank God that there's a voice like yours out there that's going, no, I'll tell the stories because yeah. this, is, I, this is me and this yeah. is I know it. Yeah. And I always touch on that in a lot of the things I write. So undocumented, the science fiction novel, um, you know, it's about making your mark, tell it, you know, feeling um, powerless when you see, um, which was crazy. I, it, it wasn't even happening when I wrote it, when you're stranded on earth and you're seeing people it's more about class than race, but you see yeah. all these people streaming to the stars as you're stuck on earth to just sit in it. And then yeah. it's like, oh my God, we've just had two billionaires go to space. And I'm like, oh, I write that. <laughs> please don't let, please don't let earth go to where it goes to in my novel. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've got to get this book out there so it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So the book touches on that where, you know, wow. people are stuck on earth and you've got all, all the resources going up all, you know, it's just. Oh, this sounds so cool. And and when you, know, when could we, you know, when, when might we be able to uh, see this as science fiction story? 
I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for the publishers to call me back. Okay, right. <laughs> it's listen, with my agent. So it's call my her agent. back. All right. What are you doing? Because out there right now, it's there's a load of people. Agent. Yeah, wanting to. And I'm sure Jeff Bezos and Musk are going. Hey, I, we need to get this story out there because we need to know what happens before. <laughs> I mean, they ain't gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna like. It. Well, listen. Yeah, I mean, isn't it crazy, Violet? You know, the the two richest men on the planet spending their billions doing that where they could wipe out global poverty uh, but oh, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah i wrote it i wrote yeah, about yeah. it yeah you know you you just i'm like sorry I am, am i meant to just be applauding what they're doing here because <sighs> yeah i wrote about uh, it so we'll see what happens hopefully you know there'll be some good news yeah who knows and we we'll say, see what we, happens. We heard it here first. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Violet, you have been <clears throat> so beautiful, gracious with your time oh, God, because thank you. you've just flown back, I know, from uh, the States where you've been at uh, Scares That Cares um, yeah, that event. Tell us just a little bit about Scares That Cares because that just sounds yeah, so awesome. It was an amazing time. Um, you know, it is a charity event that happens every year. And, uh, you know, Brian Keene is like on his feet 24-7, um, just making it happen. And all the money um, goes to people affect burn victims and people affected by cancer. So it's, it's a great charity, great cause. Um, and it's not just books and, and writers. You also have cosplayers and you have people selling... Um, chili chocolate skulls and you have people uh <laughs> selling crystals and it's really great t-shirts it, it's it's a really amazing event it's huge wow. um and then you've got readings you have panels um and just hanging out with people in the horror community it's like yeah. the horror community it's great um so it it's amazing. There's two of them a year. Um, mm -hmm. Only this one went ahead because of 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 the yeah. pandemic. So yeah. um, it was in Williamsburg, Virginia. It'll be there again next year. Yeah. Um, and then October, there's something called Merrimack Valley um, Book Festival. It's one day, October 9th, mm -hmm. and that'll be um, in Massachusetts. Amazing, amazing, and a bit the lucky people that got to hear, hear you read from cicadas oh, there, and uh, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. Well, listen, from 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 us at King Size, and from all of the uh, our, our listeners and the audience, it's just been an absolute delight, and 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 oh, so thank you. so important to talk to you, um, and just for everybody out there. Queen of Cicadas and Goddess of Filth, you name it. Okay, the short stories, especially just <laughs> give the us. Sangre. That's the said, one. Said said the sangre. Said so, the song. Said the sangre. Yeah, it's called. It's um, yeah, it's 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 a you you can't miss it. It's a big <clears throat> skull red with Amazing. like a snake on top. So right. Well, that's where um, I'm going next. Yeah, um, let me. I'll I'll I'll. Uh, show everyone really yeah, quick it's an amazing um cover done by eddie generous oh and hairspray and switchblades which is about a Quicked. a um shapeshifter who's also a dancer um yeah so here is said the sangre beautiful said the sangre that's such man. That's a yes. very cool, very then, cool cover. Beautiful. Yeah, isn't it cool? Yeah, and then, love um, it. Hairspray and switchblade. Yep. Hairspray and switchblades. I wrote um, basically. You know, everybody writes about werewolves. I wrote about <laughs> shapeshifter jaguars. You know what? Werewolves are so yesterday. Shapeshifter jaguars. Now that's that's where the pulse is right yes hairspray and switchblades <laughs> amazing and for people where people wanted to get a copy of that how how can they access that both of those are amazon great okay so yeah. amazon and of course tomorrow i i'm gonna march into waterstones and if they don't have queen if they don't i'm have going the into stuff, waterstones I'll... tomorrow as well lovely. okay right okay brilliant i think you might have more influence and impact on them than i might do <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah absolute um yeah wonderful powerful powerful stories and um thank you for sharing them with us and thank you for sharing your thank time. thank you thank you thank you
Okay. Bye, everybody. Size Insights was written, produced, and edited by Matt Robinson. If you like what you hear, then please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at King Size Podcast. Podcast episodes available on all major streaming platforms. Just search King Size.